Section 1 of The Life of St. Dominic Savio. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Mozart, Jr. The Life of St. Dominic Savio by St. John Bosco. Preface. Let us leave a saint to write the life of a saint, is said to have been the exclamation of the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas, when he entered the cell of his brother doctor St. Bonaventure, and found him absorbed in writing the life of his spiritual father St. Francis. The peculiar value of the present little book is that it may be said once more to present the spectacle of a saint writing the life of a saint, only whereas in St. Bonaventure's case a son was writing the life of a father, in this case we have the unique example of a father writing the life of his spiritual son. The writer, this saintly Don Bosco, has already been declared venerable, and the process for his beatification is proceeding in Rome. Little Domenico Savio, whose biography was originally published by Don Bosco very shortly after the Holy Child's death, was, as will be seen, Don Bosco's spiritual child, and it is a subject of great joy to all his admirers that his cause also has at last been introduced at Rome with the approval of the Holy See. The publication of this English translation of The Life may, please God, contribute not a little to the successful issue of the cause of his beatification. There are reasons why the life of Domenico Savio should be considered particularly appropriate at the present day, and also why it should appeal especially to English Catholics. As will be seen from the narrative which follows, the boyhood of Domenico to some extent coincided with that of our present Holy Father. There were less than seven years between the times of their birth, and in many respects the early years of the one were like those of the other. Both were sons of humble peasant families in the north of Italy. Both as boys had to trudge many miles barefooted day by day to attend school. Both were distinguished by identical qualities of mind and soul. More than this, the boy Giuseppe Sarto of Reese was destined to become the Pope of the Eucharist, and no acts of his wonderful pontificate have more profoundly influenced the spiritual life of the Catholic Church than his legislation on daily communion and on the first communion of children on arriving at the use of reason. Now it is a remarkable fact that the childhood of Domenico Savio anticipated these profound reforms, inasmuch as, owing to his extraordinary sanctity, he was as early as 1849 admitted to his first communion at the age of seven, and continued thereafter to be a daily communicant. At that date such an event must indeed have appeared phenomenal, and seems to constitute Domenico a most suitable patron for the juvenile first communicants and daily communicants of the present discipline. Nor is this all. Domenico Savio, whom we all hope to see one day raised to the altars of the church, died as a schoolboy, and when not yet fifteen years of age. He was not a religious of any order, he was not a cleric, nor even as yet a church student, though hoping one day to become one. He was just an ordinary schoolboy, fond of his games as well as of his books. Here and again we seem to see a peculiarly appropriate patron for all Catholic school children, for Domenico may be truly said to be one of themselves, and in these days of educational strife and danger, such a patron is more than ever needed by our Catholic schools. Last of all, we cannot but be struck by the extraordinary fact of Domenico's interest in England, as mentioned in chapter 10, and his wonderful vision narrated in chapter 19. As far as I know, there is nothing to show why this little Italian schoolboy should have felt any interest in England, or indeed how he came to know anything about it. It reminds one of the case of St. Paul of the Cross, except that it is a much more wonderful phenomenon in the case of a mere child. For this reason, I feel specially pleased to see the life in an English dress, 
and I sincerely trust that the book may have a wide circulation in English-speaking countries, and that all readers, and especially the children of our schools, may join in earnest prayer for the promotion of the cause of one whom we may hope some day to acclaim as the schoolboy saint. Louis Charles, Bishop of Salford, St. Bede's College, May 6, 1914 End of Preface Author's Preface You have frequently asked me to write something about your former companion, Dominic Savio, and now I have done what I could to satisfy your desire. Here is his life, described with that brevity and simplicity which I know is most acceptable to you. There were two difficulties in the way of publishing this work. First there was the criticism to which one is exposed, who describes what was performed under the eyes of many witnesses. I think I have overcome this by determining to narrate only what has been observed by you or by myself, and which I keep preserved in your own writing. The other obstacle was the necessity of often mentioning myself, for as Dominic was three years in this house, I must necessarily refer to things with which I am personally connected. This, I think, I have overcome by adhering strictly to the duty of an historian, which is to present this statement of facts irrespective of the persons concerned. But if, here and there, I should appear to speak too openly of myself, you must put it down to my regard for the boy who has gone, and for all of you besides, for this affection makes me open my heart to you, as a father does when speaking to his children. Some of you may wonder why I have prepared a life of Dominic Savio, and not of other youths who are here at school, and lived lives of eminent virtue. It is quite true that divine providence deigned to send us several boys who are examples of holiness, such as Gabriel Fascio, Louis Rua, Camillus Gavio, John Massiglia, and others, but the incidents connected with these are not so conspicuous and remarkable as those of Savio, whose whole life was wonderful. However, if God gives me grace and health, I intend to publish a collection of facts concerning those other companions, both to satisfy your desires and my own, and so that you may imitate what may be compatible with your state. In this edition, I have inserted several new accounts, which will increase the interest of those who have read the former editions. But I would ask you to try to draw profit from what I am now going to describe. Say with St. Augustine, Si ile cornon ego, if a companion of mine, of my age and circumstances, exposed to the same or even greater difficulties, could yet remain a faithful disciple of Christ, why cannot I do the same? Remember that true religion is not a matter of words. There must be deeds. Hence, if you find something related worthy of admiration, do not be satisfied with saying, I like that, or that is very good, but rather say, I want to put into practice what I see as praiseworthy in others. May God grant you, and all the readers of this book, strength and grace to draw profit from what is therein contained, and may our blessed Lady, to whom Dominic was so devout, obtain for us all one heart and mind in serving God, who alone is worthy of being loved above all things, and faithfully served during our whole life. End of Author's Preface